Hello, hello, my amazing people. And I wanted to welcome you guys to the fourth episode of If Love Was Money. And I want to just review how cheap is talk. Because they say talk is cheap. It is the second day of the first day of summer. (laughs) And I know I'm usually giggles and bubbly. However, I did want to discuss, rather I feel compelled to address an uneasy topic with you guys this week. And I may even be back for a part two with guests, depending on the feedback. Now, is it my jaded perspective or is the discussions between black and brown people seem often filled with microaggressions and hyper-aggressive attitudes or sarcastic undertones? I mean, let let me digress. So when I say black and brown peoples for all my listeners, because I want you guys to feel inclusive in the listening of this dialogue, um, it's echoing. So although I'm talking to you guys as the audience, I'm, I am talking out to the universe and so... I want to make sure that we're on the same page with regard to why it is important. It is essential that I address this specifically and frame it. So basically, black and brown people include every minority group that is non-white. That, is, that means any biracial, any multiracial groups. Meaning no one that is explicitly, has a, as, they, as they would like to proudly announce, 100% pure white. Okay? We don't, we, we don't want to direct this toward any group of people that it is not... However, you guys are more than welcome to listen and pass on the knowledge. Now, it just feels like there's little to no patience in desiring to understand one another. Like I am involved in a lot of, as they say, cleaning house discussions. I observe a lot of dialogue and, you know, we are having a lot of difficult discussions we have been more intensely the past nearly two years I just you know it appears the traumas we carry are just waiting in the folds of any minor disagreements that we have to reveal themselves and often come across as verbal attacks it's like we don't listen to digest and understand and unravel We listen to respond, reply, and one-up each other, Um, you know, based off our accolades and our, um, really, 
masking as insecurities a lot of times, if if I'm being frank. We just, we need to seek to listen, to really digest everything. Because, you know, I don't, I don't intend to sound big worded, you know, again, we are creatures of habit, so bear with me. It just, it really feels like in the atmosphere, in the universe, in the environment of society, hostility and pain is lurking underneath the surface of conversations. It's very alarming at the foot end of the pandemic, but it's almost as though we've taken the suppressed notions of oppression that we've been denied in public during our pre-pandemic professional lives and now we're unloading them on each other simply because we're unable to unload them anywhere else at least nowhere that's non-ethnic without any great repercussions you know prime example you know you go into your work environment you know whether that be corporate america whether that be a white collar job a blue collar job you have to code switch and those of us that are minorities we know exactly what we mean you know we have to put on and be diplomatic we have to be extra kind we have to be extra reserved we have to be extra sensitive and patient and so it's like when we are in the folds of our own home and amongst our own people where we should actually feel like a safe place to be ourselves we almost overcompensate and it's just relentless the discussions get relentless and they become you know antagonistic attacking and hurtful amongst each other. You know, it's like a finger pointing and a blame game. And it's like we we approach so many conversations and we're just in defense of our own internal dismay. You know, we have, um, we have to realize, and this is factual, the teachings and practices of cultural assimilation of migrants, immigrants, as well as Aboriginal peoples and, you know, our minority peoples are embedded into the nation of America's DNA. And it has been for centuries back. We cannot be oblivious to this. It's basically us conforming to the culture, westernized culture, which is considered civil. You know, that's hence the term civilization Um, and just. We just need to properly acknowledge it because when we fail to acknowledge it we fail to heal and then we are unable to sift out these fruitless behaviors within our own communities as soon as they show up in our discussions you know in our homes amongst our family out and about in gatherings amongst our friends and loved ones we have to find a way to oh be accountable (laughs) <laughs> accountability that's a that's a, a token term now we're offering accountability as just a phrase that we use yet we aren't offering any genuine actionable intention towards that at least not enough in my opinion 
And people will say, Lala, what's actionable intention? What does that even mean? What does that look like? Well, let me tell you. Actionable intentions may look like taking a webinar or a seminar or a workshop on conflict resolution, emotional intelligence, language barriers, or even just a communication enhancement training within our communities. These resources are available. They are readily available. And we just don't exhaust them, whether it be pride, foolish ego, you know, um, fear of being judged. It's funny how we have such a fear of being judged and scrutinized, yet we are masters of judging and scrutinizing each other. We are all in despair as black and brown people, and it doesn't matter our accents nor our ancestry. It's funny how we spend plenty of money and time on our vices, yet little to nothing on personal or family growth. There's nothing wrong with taking continuous education and fulfillment courses toward your growth and elevation personally, not just professionally to get that next you know raise at a job that you're ultimately working towards someone else's legacy. And I don't want to get off the topic, but I'm just trying to understand, as the cliche says, why keep trying to fix a bullet wound with a bandage? Or in, you know, our recent epidemic on mental health, why try to heal PTSD with word-triggering conversations that only leave us empty and mentally exhausted? And setting ourselves back further than we even were because we're not even repairing those damaging conversations once they're done because we're so in our feelings and so hurt. Accountability is part acceptance and part ownership and doing the work to acknowledge its active steps isn't easy to achieve without guidance. Misguiding each other with dated accolades you know, and as I said before, masking our insecurities and shadow boxing egos isn't a solution. This appears to be why the generation now has lost faith in us, repairing any damage we've done already. Absolutely, as healing healers, because we all have a process, we all have to progress, and there's all steps involved that we aren't able to be arrived to. Meaning that we, we don't get too old and too bright and too intellectual and too intelligent to grow and learn. So I see us that feel compelled to join in on the initiative of unity and love as healing healers. And yes, we are too in need of positive reinforcement. And so we have to be careful because sometimes that may often get confused with people agreeing with us in our strong and wrongness. We will be strong and wrong, wrong and strong. And we have people agreeing with us and high-fiving us and we will sit there to the detriment of complacency and just feeling that, that, moment, that moment of gratification and excitement just to get someone on our side. But if we are to evolve in a progressive forward 
moving way as a society, then we don't need those 7, 25, or 101 people who have always agreed with us at our worst. What good is it you having the same team of yes men and yes women agreeing with you always, still enabling stagnant and counterproductive ways in the 21st century, instead of saying, hey, I love you, and I'm, I support you in righteousness and just. Let's get rid of the ego. Stop ego tripping. Let's redefine what dignity and work even means. Instead of just calling out these terms of accountability, accountability, accountability. Yet we have yet ourselves individually grasped the full concept of understanding what that actually means. It implies you doing something in a way that is forward and progressive to help better society and future generations. It's a selfless act. Accountability is a selfless act. Now, fresh perspective and input, I mean, that's thought-provoking and life-altering. I believe that's what will push us forward. It's the fresh perspective of input that is thought-provoking and life-altering. And that's what we need as a nation. We need to be uncomfortable and to be moved from our narrow-mindedness or fixed ways of being. It's unfortunate, though. Our complacency and demise is what pays the rest of society's elite, literally, from the airwaves to the movie screens to the TV shows to real life. But you let me tell it. We all should realize by now, if love was money, any failure or degrading of any one group of people would cost the entire human race tremendous detriment to its soul. And it would not be popular or normalized or monetized, only outcasted and demoralized as a true treason. <laughs> a capitalist nation, though, we realize it's not rooted in a culture of unity as well. So we as a people, we must redefine our moral code and speak up using the language of love to reinvest and to foster this love, selfless love, self-worth, self-values, and dignity within our communities daily, moment by moment, until hate and discord are the outliers and not the normal. Until next time, my amazing people, love is the universal solution. Keep learning to love profoundly as we all strive to elevate and grow. And remain sucker free.